was a long one. My God. <laughs> Sorry, I had to uh, I had to call my boss. Sorry. About that. that was a burner. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, Frank, wake up. It's over. Oh, huh, huh, it's over. Hi, oh, hey, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh hey, hey, like oh. Like radioactive land. It's the radioactive man, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't even like the song? It's pretty good. Uh, no, no, it was lovely. Who who was that artist there? Soul Asylum. All right, very nice. That uh, you know, it was tugging at the the heartstrings. Oh yeah, that's Ooh, right. It's a runaway train, man. Yeah, I guess so. I, that was from the nineties. I like don't remember that one at all. I'll be honest. Yeah, I didn't think it was from the nineties, but I was listening to Spotify. It was just 90s uh, alternative, and that came up. That's hilarious. Be- oh, I'm getting a little uh, echo there. Where's that? Uh... Hey, hey now. There- oh, oh, yeah, I had right. the speakers on. No, man, uh, what's funny is I immediately thought, ah, oh, Mike must have been listening to XRT on the ride home. <laughs> that song just nah. screamed XRT uh, radio. That's a Chicago radio station. Or is it now still? I don't know. I think, is the drive even around anymore? The drive is still around. XRT still around. All right. And that song was released in June of 1993. Wow. It doesn't sound like a 93, huh? No, nah, it definitely had an older vibe to it. But a lot of the 90s, you got a lot of 60s kind of sounding jams. Yeah, that sounds more like a 2000s, though. They were kind of ahead of that. Oh, you were going 2000. Man, I was... I was thinking that was old. No, really? I don't know why. I thought that sounded more like, you know, like, uh, when did, when did that song Good Riddance come out from Green Day? That was you know later Green Day, you know. Uh, you know it sounds like it came out around that time, though, and everybody was kind of doing, like, their, see, that was 97. Right. Good yeah, see, it sounded like, like late 90s, early right. 2000s when people were getting more emotional. Well, I believe it was emo. They were getting into emo, and the early aughts was the era of the emo, which is funny. I have some younger fellas who uh, work for us, and they are now back into the emo, allegedly. No! They're, they're uh, going to emo shows here in Denver, and, you know, emo's a thing. And, uh, you know, I was hearing them listen to some emo, and I said, you know, back in my day, we did the screamo. Everybody forgets the screamo, which was, was the, the screamo. It was the emo, but they were just screaming their life away into the microphone. <laughs> I don't know, man. The '90s was like no emotion. Everybody screamo. was on Ritalin and fucking. No, they were experimenting I, with us on antidepressants. I think the, the '90s was the heroin. I think that's why uh, it went that. The heroin. Yeah, 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 the the heroin hero was. That's yeah. what all the artists, man. They were getting down on the heroin in the '90s, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, that's the way it was, dude. But, yeah, all right. I dig it. Very nice. It was a good song. It kind of got me into this uh, show, uh, getting a new good vibe here. So, uh, good stuff, Mike. Well done. You know why I'm also... I thought also... it would slow us down. I thought we should now that we're old. I'm also yeah. in a really good mood today because I saw that uh, in January, Fauci is set to testify. Yeah, what was that? I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have a chance to look at that. I was too busy breaking toilets. Yeah, he agreed to uh, show up in January and testify in front of, I think, the Senate. If I'm not mistaken, 
Um, and he's gonna answer questions, and we're gonna finally maybe get a little Rand Paul grilling the Fauci, right? <laughs> Mr. Paul, you don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, dude, I live for the Paul <laughs> v. Fauci, man. And you know, January, it's cold. That's when they kick the chemtrails up to <laughs> 11 here in Denver, so it's just overcast. I need something good to watch. Like, I gotta hunker down and watch a long. 30-minute grilling between Fauci and Rand Paul. Oh, yeah. But that's why they waited until January, so all his visas could clear. That's right. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here after that meeting. He's sold all his properties you, here in America. Uh, you happen to catch Trump Save Pod? Mike, you know, I save the studying of the Trump Save Pod to you, so enlighten me on some Trumps on the uh, Pod Save Trump. Tried to clip it. Unclippable. Always. Yeah. Idiots. No, it's uh, terrible, man. Of course. So they, you know, they were just, they, I can't believe that people are even considering a guy with 91 felony counts. He's facing 91 felony counts. And then they, uh, they go on to talk about Hunter Biden. Wow. So apparently Hunter Biden said he wants to. He wants to testify to Congress, but he wants it to be televised. He wants it to be public. Oh, please, God, yes. And uh, the House committee or whatever, they said, no, you have to do it, like, you know, behind closed doors first and everything. And so now Trump Save Pod guys are, like, going nuts, and they're like, see, this goes to show they don't have anything on him. They have nothing on Hunter. That's why they don't want it out in the open. All so, right. I had no idea. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Because even Ted Cruz, uh, he was making the rounds. He actually went on Adam Carolla the other day. Wow, I'll have to check that out. All right, man. Yeah, they were talking about how they're going to have to, I don't know. Got to listen to Ted Cruz just because he kind of gives you that, like, behind-the-scenes info, you know? I'm too dumb to know, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad there's somebody like him that's relaying it. Yeah, he's a man who has studied the law, and he understands politics, and he's a Republican, and he's the most disliked, I believe, member of Congress, or the Senate, I mean, if I'm not mistaken. Whether you, whether you like him or not, it is undeniable there are, there are rooms that are closed off to people like me and you. We will never know what goes on in those rooms, and that is where all the decisions controlling our lives are made, in those rooms. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and whether you like him or not, Ted Cruz is in that room, and he's the only one that will come out of that room and give you an honest take of what happened in that room. And by honest, I mean he won't tell you everything. He'll even tell you, I can't tell you this part, you know? <laughs> That's right. So, like, he'll say, like, that I can't do. So, I don't know. It's just he's the only one that gives you, like, an honest take on it. Well, he's got that southern Cuban charm, right? So he's able to kind of uh, sell it in a certain way. And uh, he, he's, a re he's really good at speaking. He's a good orator, I feel like, you know, and he's, he's very convincing. But you know why he doesn't piss me off even when I disagree with him? It's because he, while explaining something, he will stop mid-sentence and be like, and this is my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, he's very good at, if you actually listen to what he's saying, he will tell you facts and then his opinion. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very hard to find people nowadays that don't conflate the two. Absolutely. And so Trump Save Pod is going 
crazy over Trump's not, how many is it now? Ninety one. Ninety one felonies. Felonies. That is yeah. totally insane. Uh, I scored a little morning Joe from today, uh, where they get like apocalyptically serious about Trump becoming president. I, I don't know what's going on at Morning Joe, man, but they are going all out to scare the shit out of their viewers about Donald Trump, man. And it is really over the top and hilarious. It, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this ever on the news. Maybe, maybe I could compare this to, you know, when uh, they were first starting to sell COVID and they were showing, like, you remember the mass graves in Iran and the, the body bags on the streets in China? And there were, you know, it was pandemonium, man. We're all going to die. In China, Frank, we had body bags in New York. Mass oh, grave. <laughs> Nobody remembers the mass grave in New York. Do you remember they were showing the video of the people in the suits and they were doing like this mass grave in New York? I don't remember that at all. I thought it was in Iran <sighs> that they did the mass grave uh, video footage. No, for COVID. There was like one clip that they kept showing over and over again until it was found out that it was actually from when we had swine flu and it was like deceased homeless people that were unclaimed. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You don't remember that? <laughs> no, I, I really don't. It's so funny. The only thing I remember about New it was York... The, it was the reason Trump sent the boat. Well, that's what I was going to say. The one thing I remember about New York was the boat that showed up, the carrier, and they never used it because nobody was actually dying from COVID. Nobody was dying, but that was why he sent it, because like all these videos were... This, not all these... It was one video that was going all around everywhere about them like, this mass grave. <laughs> that's so funny. I just... Maybe blanked that out and associated it with the Iranian mass graves, which they were because they were trying to sell how this was just out of control in other countries who weren't following the protocols. Well, they're all all those movies are on the shelf with the uh, Shazam. <laughs> That's right. Shazam is hanging out with the mass grave and uh, any footage of the actual things that hit the nine eleven towers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We have no idea. We still don't know. I'm telling you, it's CGI. Uh, okay, so I have um, Morning Joe going bonkers over the concept of Trump becoming president. This is incredible. I can't believe people are waking up in the morning, having a cup of coffee, putting on Morning Joe, and feeding this to their brain. Joe and Mika, we've spent a lot of time this last week or two talking about the stakes of the upcoming election. Donald Trump is making them plain by the day. He posted uh, in the overnight hours on Truth Social, again about MSNBC. MS, uh, he, of course, called us MSDNC and Dang. threatened again to have the government crack down on a network's <laughs> broadcasting license, saying our so-called government should come down hard on them and make them pay for the illegal political activity, which in his estimation is simply being critical of Donald Trump. And he writes... Much more to come. Watch. Much more to come. Watch. And, you know, Jonathan, as we've been saying all along. Uh okay, so my favorite part about this rant is Mika Brzezinski. She's like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's right. Like, she's just in the background <laughs> while Joe Scarborough's blowing his load. And she's just like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic, dude. Um, Perhaps... Donald Trump's next term, if he is elected, perhaps it won't look like North Korea or 
communist China or Putin's Russia, you know, leaders that he, he uh, just adores. Maybe it looks more like Orban's Hungary. He has talked about Orban's Hungary or Erdogan's Turkey. Uh, but you, you, you look at what, ha what happened in Orban's uh, Hungary, and you actually have a, an illiberal leader who brags about hating liberal democracy and brags about his country being illiberal. And what you do, Mika, is you do uh, what Orban has done is he's chased off his critics in the media mm -hmm. and he's done it through regulation. He's done it through sham tax investigations. He's done all of these things, driven the people out, not only out of the business, but out of the country. And he's done the same thing with political opponents, the same thing with reporters uh, uh, bugging their phones. It's it's again, this is this is not like some wild speculation. Oh, no, believe him online. This is Donald Trump telling Mike, believe him. OK, believe him. Yeah. Some wild speculation. Oh, no, believe him online. This is Donald Trump telling us exactly what he's going to do if he is elected next November, he is going to destroy American democracy. Destroy <laughs> American democracy, man. Single-handedly, this one man can take down democracy. That's how fragile American democracy is. It's gonna destroy it, dude. One oh. man will destroy it. Wow. I may have been thinking of a different clip. I have clipped multiple Morning Joes over the last few days, and we uh, never got to the other ones. <laughs> uh, there's another one where she's like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She does no, it all the, the time. The way they talk about that guy, man, I, 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 w I wish he was as powerful as you people think he is. Because then he actually would have not left the White House. I know. Like, he wouldn't have lost the election. He would have won 100% to zero. If he was this authoritarian yeah. dictator, which you claim he is an Erdogan, what's the guy's name now? I'm being racist already. And, uh, you know, Putin, right? You know, have you seen Putin's elections? He wins 99% of the votes. Oh, 96, and then 4% of their population is executed. Well, no, they all get that weird uranium dip on their doorknobs, <laughs> and they all slowly just rot away in their apartments. <laughs> Everybody who doesn't vote for Putin, the next day you get the knock on the door, like, oh, he is a handyman uh, here to fix pipe. <laughs> Did you hear uh, those Ukrainians, what they were said about the Russian soldiers? <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently they don't surrender because uh surrendering in Russia is a crime. Oh wow. So yeah, you might as well fight to the death. There's okay. no coming back. Wow, okay. Wow. I I never believed there was actually a real full on war going on there, and oh, I still don't dude, really no. uh, think it's happened. It happened. Bro, I, Frank. <laughs> dude. They were talking about so far. Ukraine has lost 150,000 men. Russia, we're looking at about 300,000 men There's dead. just no I mean, way that that half is... Half a million men dead. In all the pictures, one tank that got blown up and one building that got destroyed. Yeah, Fly well. over to fucking Gaza Strip, right? <laughs> That's right, dude. Leveled.
leveled. Nothing but rubble. man. It's completely destroyed. It's just pure rubble. 10,000 dead. No, they have uh, fif- <laughs> 15,000 dead now, I believe. Oh, okay, 15. But you got, excuse me? <laughs> one building, one tank, 300,000 dead. You know, <laughs> Russia, they just keep sending their men into the grinder. No, like, I don't believe it, man. I don't think there's actual conflict happening. I think it has been a stalemate for probably almost a year at this point. That offensive, do you remember the spring offensive? No. <laughs> it's December, people. It never it never happened. The offensive was nothing. Well, now according to the New York Times article today, there's an endless stream of Russian POWs headed away from the front lines in Ukraine because they were taken over during Russia's latest assault where they <laughs> threw their men into the grinder. Oh my god. I'm not even joking. The way they like talk about the story, it's like literally world. Is this is this World War One? We have trenches. You just dis- in your psycho, bro. I all I could think right there was just watching. Uh, what was that movie that just came out? All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's exactly what it's like, uh, sir. We sent all these men in, but I don't know. They have this crazy <laughs> gun we've never seen before. <laughs> it's a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh man! What year are we living in now? Yeah, I don't believe any of this shit coming out of Ukraine. Well, the reality is, is if the true violence of war were unfolding in Ukraine, we would have been bombarded with the imagery as we were with the Hamas attack on Israel, and then the subsequent Israeli attack on on the Palestinians. Frank, we were bombarded for three days with that hospital for the pregnant woman. <laughs> That's right. The one it turned that you... out nobody died, and Ukraine blew it up. I mean, Mike, I'm still thinking about those two Polish farmers. Those poor, <laughs> those <laughs> they poor. They might farmers. be the only casualties of the entire That's war. Right. Those poor guys, man. I mean, there are there are people, there are brethren, our our fellow Poles, man. I feel for them. I don't claim Poland. <laughs> I claim both sides, baby. Fifty fifty. Yeah. Fifty fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do love this reaction to trump though it's a great and you know to steal a line from adam carolla he was president for four years yeah he didn't end democracy he didn't drop a nuclear bomb he didn't start world war three he didn't he didn't do any of the things you guys are scared of and he was president for four years that's a great call he even it, it, despite what everybody keeps saying I just I found the clip the other day it was actually really funny. He got a twenty one gun salute as he left the White House for the final time. Wow! It, so the man left the White House, received his twenty one gun salute for a job well done, got onto the helicopter and flew away. That's right, man. Kind of sounds like a peaceful transfer of power. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. How many dictators are accepting the results of an election? And I get what you're saying. Yeah, his rhetoric is I didn't I didn't lose, it was rigged, but still he did turn over the seat while he fights <laughs> it in court, which is what I I thought that's what we're supposed to do.
um, ever seen the letter that George H.W. Bush left for Bill Clinton in the desk in the Oval Office when he uh, claimed the presidency? Uh. It's a moving letter, actually. All, all conspiracies aside and nonsense, it's just a, it's a very fascinating kind of inner look into a dialogue between two presidents. And I always imagined the letter that Trump left in the Oval Office for Biden was just a picture of him getting slapped in the ass by a magazine with his face on it by Stormy Daniels. <laughs> I don't know why. I just always felt like he's got a picture of that and he probably just left it there. There you go, uh, Joe. <clears throat> I would have uh, put an envelope down on the desk there in the Oval Office <laughs> and just taken a shit on it. Even with a nice steamy pile. I don't know. You know, what if Trump left Joe Biden a very elegant and professional and kind letter and nobody wants to talk about it and it never does because nobody wants to dignify Trump in any way? Well, probably, it might be. I wouldn't be surprised because he is that kind of guy. Well, yes, he is. And if he had yeah. left that letter, then it totally destroys their theory that he was hell-bent on cl- holding on to the White House and never giving up the presidency. If he wrote a letter to I mean, Joe Biden... Like, just that whole thing that they keep saying, of course! You think George Bush wanted to give up the White House? Right. You know what I mean? Like, who wants to give up the high... You, you work... Uh, how many men and women have sacrificed lives, marriages, watching their kids grow up so that they could achieve that office? That's right. Of course nobody wants to give it up, especially if you think it was stolen. For sure, you know? man. Absolutely. And think about just uh, having absolute power. Um, you know, I really almost think that the most powerful people aren't guys like Trump or Biden. They're puppets in my book. I really think mostly it's the people around them that have the most power. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, the people we don't vote for. The people yeah. we don't know about or hear about. Uh, we don't know about there's it. a lot of weasels, slime bags, uh, rat scallions, and evildoers hiding in the shadows of Washington, D.C., but we could all rejoice as a country because one of them is no longer with us, although I do bid him fare thee well. I don't like to, uh, you know, you know what I mean, celebrate someone's death, you know what I'm saying, but I do think that it is interesting that Henry Kissinger died and every news platform just adored this man's legacy and treated him like a hero of uh, diplomacy on a foreign level and just a guy who was a savior of democracy in America. And I found that to be despicable, to be totally honest. You know who he really proved right was Tom Petty. Only the good die young. (laughs) Mike, well said, sir. Again, you are dropping some 4D chess with the language, my friend. The good die young and the evil live to a hundred. One hundred. Well, you know who he, he reminds me of? That doctor uh, was it Mengele or whatever? The guy who yes uh, in the, the concentration camp. That's right. Yes. You find out he died at like age ninety. Oh yeah. Lying on a beach in South America next to his forty-year-old wife. Yeah, that's <laughs> how it goes, man. Uh, there's no justice. Maybe you know you you live long enough to have to have those nightmares of what you've done. Well, either way. Uh, I found it unreal how glowing everything was about Henry Kissinger, and I wasn't going to clip anything about him until I gave one last glance to the place I always find uh, a voice for those who are oppressed, 
Democracy Now, Mike, our favorite, right? Uh, the, the voice of victimhood and uh, all that jazz. Well, um, Amy Goodman, I have to hand it to her, drops a gem on this little memoriam for Henry Kissinger. Uh, I applaud her on this one. Folks, have that tall glass of water. This will get really thirsty. Ooh. Former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, the architect of a highly militarized U.S. foreign policy under Presidents Nixon and Ford, has died at the age of 100. In the late 60s and 70s, Kissinger... <laughs> a couple presidents there. He, he, there's pictures of him having meetings with every president, including the current one. They said 11. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Every president since the coup d'etat. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> there's like 11 presidents, this guy. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Amy. And it's, well, 11 from when after they killed Kennedy. I mean, this guy was mentoring Ford and Nixon and, you know, this, this, this weasel. My God. Uh, here we go. Ford has died at the age of 100. In the late 60s and 70s, Kissinger oversaw a massive expansion of the war in Vietnam and the secret bombings of Laos and Cambodia, where as many as 150,000 civilians were killed. In Latin America, Kissinger supported dictatorship that used torture and murder as tools of political repression. From Bolivia to Uruguay to Argentina and Chile, Kissinger helped topple the democratically elected government of Salvador Allende, ushering 17 years of dictatorship under General Augusto Pinochet. <laughs> Well, tell me how you really feel, Amy. <laughs> Amy, take a breath. Take a breath. She's about to pass out. My God. Does, I don't think anybody hates Henry Kissinger more than Amy Goodman. <laughs> you know, it's the same old story. The guy dies. All he is is an angel now. Everybody talks about how he's an angel. Uh, Amy does an interview with a historian from Yale who wrote a book on Henry Kissinger, which I think I might buy, actually, because Henry Kissinger is a f- fascinating individual especially within the realm of modern american politics over the last 60 years literally what did we just say it's not the person you vote for that's in charge he was one of those men yes exactly absolutely running the world he was he's been running the world and I, i have more to talk about henry kissinger after this clip but uh when she interviews uh the yale professor who wrote the book about kissinger this biography about him um she they uh they go into deep detail about this guy's connections in life and I mean this I'll, I'll, well, I got I got the goods after this. During 17 years of dictatorship under General Augusto Pinochet, in 1975, Kissinger and President Ford met with the Indonesian dictator General Suharto, giving him the go-ahead to invade East Timor, which led to the killing of a third of the Timorese population. The Pulitzer Prize-winning author and historian Greg Grandin once estimated Kissinger's actions may have led to the deaths of up to four million people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she interviews that guy, Greg Grandin. It is an absolute fantastic uh, quick read Holy or watch. Shit. I, I want to check oh, out the book. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm getting breaking news. Uh, Dr. Fauci just came out of retirement. He says he can beat that number. Yes. Uh, he will beat that number. That's <laughs> so Kissinger, and I encourage everyone to take a look at this. You can Google it very easily. Kissinger is well known to be a mentor of uh, a certain Klaus Schwab. When Klaus Schwab did some uh, of his education here in America, I believe at Harvard, maybe Yale, I can't remember which one of the two. Um, Klaus Schwab, with the mentorship of Harry Kissinger, 
started a little club in Europe that we've come to know now as the World Economic Forum. Wow. Henry Kissinger is directly responsible for the creation of the World Economic Forum. So that was three or four million that he killed till today. But that baby's a counter that's going to keep ticking. Oh, yeah, especially with that vaccine rollout, man. Ooh. I can't wait for CNN to put up the Kissinger count. <laughs> <laughs> Kissinger is known to be a huge fan of the democide of uh, the populations around the world, the idea that we are overpopulated, that we need to trim the fat of the useless eaters. This man and his philosophy behind that, and on top of his warmongering, I mean, I'm this dude, when we talk pure evil, this guy's up there, man. I mean, he's responsible for some of the most evil shit that we've experienced in our lifetimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They talked about how he was the reason we kept fighting in Vietnam. He, like, lied to everybody to keep the fighting going so that he could go and bomb Cambodia and Laos. Not only that, he's responsible for the uh, the bending of the rules to bomb Cambodia, and uh, Amy Goodman has a great segment when she interviews the, the professor um, where they quote, Anthony Bourdain, who in one of his episodes uh, on No Reservations, he goes to Cambodia and does a grandiose speech on the pure evil that Henry Kissinger was and how uh, it's it's an incredible speech. But anyways, his bombing of Cambodia is what actually was used as a uh, kind of uh, reference point for Barack Obama's massive drone campaign in Yemen and uh, all the surrounding com- uh, countries for his war on terror. Yeah. Pretty wild stuff. I read an interesting statistic about Barack Obama's presidency, which is he's the only American president to be at war his entire eight years. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Bush started it. Yeah, man. And Trump only had four years? Eight years of war. Barack Obama. Uh, He also has a really cool statistic for people who love killing. Uh, He has killed the most people with drones uh, (laughs) when it comes to American presidents. So he's number one. Obama, number one, baby. He's the Tom Brady of presidents. (laughs) (laughs) so henry kissinger uh, i found amy goodman's take on his career to be shocking and refreshing and she laid it thick man and uh you know i think it was deserved yeah this guy was crazy uh, so, you know who knows what happens now i think klaus schwab might be getting nervous he's probably gonna kick his Agenda 2030 plan into overdrive, right? <laughs> Start. That's why the chemtrailing's been crazy lately. I, I've never seen so many chemtrails in my life, dude. They're, they're just spraying us with mRNA vaccine at this point, I, I believe. Uh, so, yeah. Dude, uh, I don't mean to change the subject. subject hey, here. change away. I was ready to Man, pivot. I gotta go back to this. Sorry. Are you still on transparent? Fucking... Uh, Sinbad himself. Oh, dude. I- <laughs> Sinbad himself. 
says he was never in this movie. Yes, I watched the clip. He takes questions on a podcast from like several people and just vehemently des- denies having anything to do with uh, anything like that. He he said, according to him, it's always the, this is his quote. It's always the same thing. It's either a bigger brother or a younger sister or a younger brother and younger sister or mother and daughter or father, and they all remember it. But it never happened. That's weird, man. Well, he, what... says, he says, if anybody can find the, cape, uh, find the tape, I'll cop to it. But he said, if they find it, I'll, I'll trip out. He said, never happened. Wow, that's really mind-blowing. The only explanation I can have for this, and I think it's legit and quite reasonable and logical, you know, Sinbad disappeared for several years. This is a clone. The clone doesn't remember. Oh, good call. They pulled this clone from the island. They killed Sinbad because he's seen too much, and now they got the clone walking around, he's like, what are you talking about, Kazam, man? I'm Shazam, or I never did anything like that. What are you talking about? (laughs) Dude, but apparently this whole thing started like five years ago. It's been going on for a long time. Well, the, I'm, the Mandela Effect thing has been circulating the internet for several years, uh, if not a decade at this point, be, only because I feel like, uh, well, I don't know. Like, do we all, can we all agree when the moment was that Berenstein Bears became Berenstain Bears? What was the year that that happened? Was it 2012? Was it when they mm. turned on the CERN machine for the first time? Because I think that was 2012, if I'm not mistaken. That might have had to do with some kind of Hamas attack. That's <laughs> possible. <laughs> we'll just blame like the a, Jews, right? That's what we do for everything, right? That's how it works. Like a Kiev, Kiev, you know? <laughs> oh, by the way, it's back to Kiev. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, of course. It's Fuck Kiev. No, but they did Kiev. Well, the war was on, but now you know the war is off, so it's Kiev. I've listened to several like British people telling the news on NPR and what have you, and it's just they're they've dropped the Kiev. They're on to Kiev. It's back. <laughs> so stupid. No respect. Poor Zelensky, man. His sleeves must be so tattered at this point. Oh, uh, I know they're not even tight anymore. And, and, they're all like stretched out, and and he's pro- he's probably got some serious withdrawal. Right, and not getting all the cocaine that he was snorting all that time. Oh, for sure. We need his sleeves, cocaine, no hookers. Uh, yeah, poor guy. Good times. Well, somebody send him money. <laughs> get him money, dude. Well, uh, if anyone is sending money to political campaigns, uh, you could send some to yours of you know whatever your liking is. But allegedly, apparently now, uh, somewhere on the East Coast, I can't remember where. BLM has chosen who they're going to start donating to. Well, I thought you were going a different direction. In the oh, really? Did you hear Mark Cuban's running for president? Are you serious? So the speculation in the political world is there's no other reason why he would do the deal he did for selling majority share of the... Uh, and he also dropped out of Shark Tank. He dropped out of Shark Tank. He sold a uh, controlling share of the Mavericks. But in the deal... He still has control he's still owner. over like, yeah. the, the I, basketball. <laughs> Dude, so wait, are they saying he's going to run as a Democrat against Trump? Like, yeah, they're saying that like, everything he did, he did as somebody 
would like he did what somebody would do if they needed to separate themselves from these uh uh what do you call it not controversial but like no uh, but he can't conflict, have conflicting conf- yes, ventures absolutely you know yeah trump like, yes yeah, he, exactly just like trump had to yeah separate himself from trump enterprise quit or the apprentice you know and all that stuff he did the same thing he quit his reality show sold his in- gave his interest to his companies to his kids and uh, yeah. ran for president. You have to give up ball control and everything. So I, it, 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 it doesn't make sense why he did it. Why he did it so just, it was like a, such a rash move. Within you know? the last three days, I found it to be really intense and bizarre. I was kind of rattling it around my head today, and I didn't even contemplate the run for president. It's a perfect move. He, he's then They're going to drop Biden very soon. I'm telling I you. I think man. that's the... I think everybody kind of feels that in the air, and so now you have a lot of people that are positioning themselves to to run. I think I know why they're getting really nervous, and I'm telling you right now, I think BLM is supporting Trump. I, I think you'd be very surprised to find how many people are supporting Trump. Actually, no, dude, Biden only won because people voted against Trump. And now people are voting against Biden. Yes, and they want the guy who was in before him. That's what's happening, no, they, dude. I don't think they want the guy before. They just want anybody besides Biden. All you right. know, well, it's just I like us clip. in Chicago. We had Lori Lightfoot. We're like, this can't get any worse. I'll take anybody else. And then we got Brandon Johnson. Shit, we would take a Lori. I have a uh, rep. I think he was the head of BLM, and I can't remember from where. Uh, he's. T- I have him talking about how BLM is for Trump. In the barbershop, all the brothers, for some reason right now, are turning tides right now. And I, I just wonder, what is the big reason? I think, personally, it's the duplicity of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. The hypocrisy. Well, first of all, I thought you were going to get um, a we're brother. We're not stupid. The brothers. That guy sounds like a white guy. Wow. Uh, just an educated man. Uh, a smart man who knows how to use his words uh, in a powerful way. Uh, he sounds like he speaks good English, he works hard, and I was told those are white racist attributes. Yeah, you're you're correct, sir. So we now have another black face of white supremacy on our hands, I believe. Clearly. Uh, here we go. This is BLM. They're voting for Trump, man. They're not stupid. We, we understand when someone's for us and when someone is not. And it's obvious that the Democratic Party is not for us. Yeah, I, I can't. Their, party, their, their policies actually strike at the heart of the black family and the nuclear family. Yeah, so, you know, you were part of Black Lives Matter. Uh, you founded it there. And now you're saying, you're, you're not saying the entire Republican Party. You're saying Donald Trump. So what is it about Donald Trump? Is it the economics? Uh, you noted the black family. What is it going to take for him to sure up this support amongst uh, black voters? Well, I just, I just think that it's going to take information. A lot of people are misinformed. They don't really understand because they don't educate themselves on, on Donald Trump as a person and his history. Um, but if they do that, and it's going to take, you know, leaders, educated leaders, getting the word out there, um, I think that it, it'll happen on its own and it'll be organic because, um, personally, I love the man. I mean, how could you not like, if, if a real man, how could you not 
relate to someone like that. <clears throat> yeah, he, he watches every morning, so I'm sure he's cheering a, a, as you're saying this. We looked at some of the polls for Trump over uh, over Biden in the battleground states. In 2020, it was 8%. Now in 2023, he has 22%. And that's just not black men. So uh, election, the election is right around the corner. If you had the opportunity to talk to the former president, I'm sure he's watching right now. What would you tell him? Call me on my cell phone, man. I'll stop for Trump. Stop for <laughs> Trump, man. But here's where he gets a little clarification, and this kind of blew me away here. Fascinated by you. Why, why did you end up leaving Black Lives Matter? Are you still affiliated with it? No, no, no. I'm still affiliated with it um, all day. It, because the thing about it is I'm, my message that I preach and, and, and that I tout is unity. It's a message of unity. It's unity driven. I want to bring together all the marginalized groups from the, the margins and bring them to the center because we're stronger together as a, as a one nation under, uh, indivisible under God. Yeah. yeah, man, I love that freaking interview, dude. That's awesome stuff, man. Yeah. The Democrats you know can't of... handle that stuff. <clears throat> they, they, they don't want people to be critical thinkers. It was probably Trump's greatest line in the 2016 election when uh, they asked him in the debate, you know, why shouldn't minorities vote for you? <laughs> right. And he literally just looked at the camera and said, what do you have to lose? <laughs> <laughs> You've been voting for these people for 30 years or, or for your whole life. You know, what, what do you have to lose? What have they done for you? Yeah. Your neighborhoods are worse off than they've ever been. Your families, your kids are doing worse. You know, go to these inner cities. The kids can't read. They can't write. But everybody just keeps lowering the standards to push them through. That's not... That's not going to help you people in the future. What's that going to do for your your uh, your community when you have nothing, nothing but dumb kids graduating, you know? Well, I don't know if you caught that in the beginning there, but he mentioned something that I think is a major sticking point to all minority cultures and especially immigrant cultures who have come to this country in the last decade. Uh, the annihilation of the nuclear family and the just hell-bent destruction of it, 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 I think, has just been the biggest turnoff for everybody. Dude, I, I try to tell everybody who will listen, go drive down Cicero. One street. You will go from rich white to poor Asian to poor Mexican to poor black. You know what I mean? Oh, the yeah. only community that is just completely destroyed, garbage everywhere, nothing's taken, is the black community. And it's not because they're black. Right? When you're poor, it's actually not even because they're poor. The, the, you, got, you go to the Chinatown, dude. I go into some of these homes. There's like five families living in yeah, this Chinatown Five is, families. Chinatown is rough, man. I, I've hung out a few times in Chinatown. You're under the highway. You're yeah. literally in a house under the highway, and there's five families living in it's, it. You know what I it's mean? It's a rough scene, yeah. But the kids are going to school getting good grades. That's right. Right? The, the fucking community is clean. It's rough. It's old. Shit's old. It's worn down. But it's fucking clean. Right? Yeah. But man. it's because they know something that the black American community lost. And that is when you're poor, all you have is your family. So if you're a poor community that has just abandoned the nuclear family and everything, now you literally have nothing but the government. 
Yeah, man. You're right on the money, honestly. You, you're it's, totally it's, dependent. It's the one thing I see is when I, when I get a call, if, okay, if I go to a clogged drain in, uh, in Chinatown, when I show up, it's not the owner of the house they're talking to me. It's the owner of the house, plus his uncle who was a plumber, plus his cousin who was a plumber. They've all tried <laughs> to rot it, and they're going to tell me what's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, but do you get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's the same thing with the Italians. Same thing with the Hispanics. You go to there, they have, but before they even called you, they tried what they could do. They called their brother. They called their cousin. Everybody has tried, and now they know it's like a big deal. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yes, dude. That's they're, The family and the community work together to take care of each other, and the keeping clean of the community is just, uh, you know, that's what you get when you have your kids out there and walking around. I, you know what I mean? Like, we, we've, yes. we've grown up in those communities only because we had the immigrant parents and, you know, family that that's instilled in our minds. But, you know, th- these, these other uh, communities, especially in the inner city, I mean, they're focused totally on the government coming in and cleaning it up for them. That's when, it. You look, when, I, when I go to the black communities, right, I, I show up at 6 a.m. at a school, and it is a team of white men from the suburbs. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, you know, be funny here or anything. I'm just, this is a pure observation. It's, a, it's me and a team of other white men. You got electricians, HVAC, everybody from the suburbs. White men from the suburbs just flood the black community to do the work, take the taxpayer money, and then they go back home to their suburbs, right? Yeah. And you go, you go to the Hispanic community. You go to, go to Humble Park. It's all Puerto Ricans. You know what I mean? You go to Chinatown where it's all the Asians. There's a reason we're not flooding those communities <laughs> because they're paying each other, right? Right. Does that, I don't know. Does that make sense? You, hey, Frank, can you, you know, you're, whatever you do, you know, if you come here, help me. I'm going to pay you. And then when you need a plumber, I'm going to come do your plumbing. You know, it says, and then when it, if it gets to a really big job, then we'll call the, the union guys from the suburbs, you know. That's a, it's a brainwashing, man. That's what I'm saying. That's been going around for a long time now where uh, people have been convinced that the government is there to help them when it's not supposed to, it's not designed to help you, the government is supposed to make things run on a grand scale. Yeah, that grand scale for sure. It's dude, not, you're not it, supposed to have families, dude. It's not just the government isn't supposed to be a support system for people. It wasn't. That's not what it's designed to be. That's why when you do depend on the government, you get tiny portions and shitty quality. Look at people yeah, on food stamps. Yeah. Yeah, they got to worry about 330 million people. They can't worry about you. You should worry about you. You should worry about your kids. You should be taking care of your family. You know? Oh, man. Well, uh, I think I got a little bit of time left, and I could probably squeeze it in. Uh, This will be making the rounds everywhere all day tomorrow, if it hasn't already today. But I want to throw it in there because I thought it was hilarious. Uh, We didn't get to the clip in the last show, the Elon Musk... Jewish apology tour that he had to do, right? And uh, he was questioned about this apology tour. Did you see this floating around? I love it, dude. All right, this is glorious. It's quick. I know we're all going to thoroughly enjoy it. Here we go. 
apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. Dude, the crowd. No, it's crickets. The that reaction is, the is so part. good. Go fuck yourself. Yeah! <laughs> I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. I love that. Well, well, let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Yeah. For those that don't know, Bob Iger is in the audience. I didn't know he was actually in the audience. I didn't either at first. He's there. Elon Musk is actually looking him in the eyes when he waves and says, hi, Bob. He was probably looking him in the eye when he said, go fuck yourself. No, he was. Like, he literally told Bob Iger. <laughs> I mean, that guy's the head of Disney. When was the last time? That man was publicly told to go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, but head of Disney, when's the last time he built a rocket ship to go to space? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Go or fuck done yourself. anything productive. Well, in fact, Bob Igor, you ruined Disney. Yeah, you ruined all their movies. You ruined Disney so bad, the Daily Wire's coming out with a better Snow White. <laughs> oh my god, are they really, dude? Shut you up. You didn't see man. that new Snow White with the female Ben Shapiro? <laughs> no, are you serious, man? Have you seen that female Ben Shapiro chick? <laughs> no. Dude, I'm, I'm out of the loop completely from the Daily Wire. I didn't know they, I didn't know they were making movies. I Dude, just uh, watched the trailer for their tranny bashing flick, which is, um, I don't know if comedy is their thing. I don't know how, you know, did they get the Fairley Brothers yeah, to write that no, one? Or? Uh, I don't they, know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's not, no, that movie's going to bomb. These guys but think dude, very highly of themselves. Too highly. (laughs) But they got this new chick that's like this young chick who like talks. She's literally a female Ben Shapiro. There was like this big thing going around how it was actually Ben, like a trans Ben. Wow, I I gotta check this out now. I had no idea this was a person. They had to do like a podcast together to prove to people that they weren't the same person. That's that's really weird and hilarious, man. Get out of here. But it's really funny because he's because he is the woman of uh, Daily Wire, and now she's kind of like the man of Daily Wire. <laughs> wow, she's more manly than men for sure. Well, you and, know, uh, Ben Shapiro took a deep dive with the Hamas situation, and he's going to take a while to swim out of that one. That's all he talks about every fucking day. It's an obsession, man. I, oh. It's not good. It's not healthy. You know, he needs. You should have heard him. He had Jeremy Boring on. Dude, that guy, what a fitting name. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fucking Christ, dude. 20 minutes. Dude, your name is boring. You're not making a comedy movie that's going to be successful. Oh, like, man. I couldn't figure out the movie. Like, the trailer, I I don't know. Like, I watched it a couple times, actually, and I was like, is this funny? I can't tell if, I, if, it's, if it's actually funny. Maybe Dude, just like no no just like it ruins the movie when you have like the lesbian moms and ki- they're kissing in Cumberbatch's fucking movie whatever the fucking movie yeah, yeah it was like, Doctor Strange and they're making a third one I, I know everyone's excited 
Oh god. Does this in this one does Doctor Strange have a penis? Because in all the other ones, the women had penises. I'm waiting right. for them to actually hire a man for Doctor oh Strange. <laughs> You're not a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch? Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> I gotta hate that guy. Cumberbatch. Have you ever seen that fucking on Hot Ones? Oh, <laughs> God. Oh. He's got to be French. He's at least half a French. Uh, he's, he's British, I think. He's Cumberbatch. Oh, so stupid. Cumberbatch. So I'm just saying, dude, the right-wing movies are just as bad as the left-wing movies. Well, I didn't know there was a thing, and now that Daily Wire... So they now have a Snow White. Did they get real midgets for uh, the dwarves? I think so, yeah. Was yeah, everything yeah, I, mean, I said right there offensive? I'm pretty sure it was. There. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Peter Dinklage, dude. That guy... That's what you get, Dinkleberry, and you're Dinkleberry yeah, you forever, my man. Uh, yeah, that's right. The midgets. Fuck right off. The only true dwarf is Brad Williams. He's the dwarf of dwarfs. Oh wow, I'm not familiar, but I'll give you credit where credit is due. Uh, He's the yeah. one that uh, he goes on uh, all the podcasts. He's like uh, Adam Carolla's friend. He's the little guy, the comedian. All right, nice. You know who I'm a fan of when it comes to the little uh, people? There is uh, the Bobby mi- Lee. Uh, (laughs) I think that was racist. But uh, (laughs) the guy who was on Jackass, the midge on Jackass. Oh, Wee Man. Wee Man was absolutely awesome on Jackass. Every time they did a Wee Man skit, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. They're going to fly him in the air, or he's going to do some battle with the giant fat guy. And and take note, Steve-O, Wee Man disappeared. Wow. Fucking disappears, Steve-O. Dude, I, Jesus fucking I Christ. tried to l- listen to some of that interview with Steve-O on Adam Carolla. Steve-O, like, wrecked his voice, man, or something. Dude, he, he, well, like, it's not even about your voice. You have nothing interesting to say. You're not an interesting guy. Well, I don't know. He spent a life just destroying his body. It's kind of interesting. He's from the circus. Like, he was an actual circus guy. Because he's a moron. I know, but you don't meet a lot of morons like that who end up getting <laughs> millions of dollars. You know, so it's kind I also of don't want to listen to you on every goddamn fucking podcast. Kinda You're an idiot. Well, he's probably you had to go fucking chase a bull to like get on TV. Like, <laughs> uh, not, 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 no. Even Adam Carolla couldn't make you interesting. Oh man, it was a rough listen, but it did make me kind of, uh, you know, reminisce a little on the Jackass days. I the original before the movies. The show Jackass on MTV was one of the most entertaining uh, things to watch as a young man in, in the early aughts. Yeah, but now you find out that like our dad was right. Because like Johnny Knoxville's got a colostomy bag for the rest of his life. <laughs> Steve Steve O can't talk. All that really did was just prove our parents right. Yeah, well, the parents are always right. That's the bottom line when it comes to you know kids versus parents. Which is why Disney failed again, because all their movies are centered around uh, some lesbian girl who's a Mexican telling all the adults <laughs> in the room, like Benedict Cumberbatch, how to live their lives and save the world, right? It didn't make sense. Yeah, good God. Right? You know, the kid, kids should be listening to the adult. That's the real world. That's how the world turns. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Well, I look forward to um, the Doctor Strange 3 no doubt about it. I'm thinking before they go nuclear with the MCU and the Disney uh, world there, they're probably going to try and cram as much woke as they can. So I think you're right. 
we gotta get like a uh, some sort of tranny Doctor Strange, or we get the chick Doctor Strange. They did that in that Flash movie. We have the uh, the the lady Superwoman, right? They're always gonna flip it around on us. So you know, I'm just sure they're gonna have Big Mike Obama make an appearance. Oh, 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 oh,